0: hello and welcome to the inaugural edition of the mainstream media podcast hosted at raw news king's college london's student newspaper today we talk to members of the lib dem labour and conservative party and some of our staff writers to give their opinion on the news and where we're going to go for the next two years my name is finton hogan and we hope you enjoy we've got three partisans on intended two of them managed to make it to the recording studio but unfortunately our conservative representative was taken sick he has, however, sent in some answers to questions, which we'll be reading and discussing later on in the show. I'd like to introduce you to my team of staff writers here who are offering comment on all of the day's events. Um, first, we have Ben.
1: Hi, I'm Ben. I'm a staff writer here at Raw, uh, and I'm also a member of, of the Labour Party. I'm Fred. I'm a staff writer here at Raw.
2: Um, hi, I'm Daisy. I'm a staff writer here at Raw, and I'm not a member of any party, but probably more left me.
0: And I'm here with Gabriel now, who is a member of King's College London's Lib Dem Society. Gabriel, thanks for coming along.
3: What's up, man? How's it going?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, tumultuous. I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Politics, and I think what's this been like for you as a third party?
3: Um, what as a third party student of a, yes. of a society? Um, pretty normal, honestly. You know, watch the news. It's basically a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has been since 2016. <laughs> so
0: many ways. Um, what's the perception? I presume you've been to at least talking to Lib Dem members at the moment. What's the perception yeah. of what's happened to the Conservative Party?
3: Um, well, you know, what? I can give you something even better than that. Oh, wow. I can give you what the voters think because <laughs> I've been canvassing in a council by-election. Uh-huh. Uh, I canvassed for about uh, ten hours or, over the weekend, um, did about fifteen kilometres, just yeah. showing. Recording on Tuesday night, just. For- we are. Um, but yeah, And basically, so uh, we were in a ward in an area called Kingston, which is usually Lib Dem versus Conservative. And right now, it's just us versus this independent group. And the independent group are incredibly right wing, right? But what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of Conservative voters, because the Conservatives are now so seen as so untrustworthy, they don't know where to go. So they don't know whether to go to someone uh, like us, or even Labour, or something like this independent group that's perhaps to the sort of deeper, deeper urges right. of some of Yeah, yeah. Deep, yeah, exactly. So the unpopularity created by the fallout of what's been happening to, uh, to the Conservative Party has really pushed people in all different directions. At the same time, um, a lot of people I was uh, talking to were also discussing how um, this has made them lose faith in all of politics mm-hmm. because, you know, people, but the thing is, all of us here are like way too into this and need to sort of get out more, mm-hmm. right? And to yeah, the people yeah, that, life. yeah, exactly. And people that do actually get out more, it all sort of what blurs. They like? <laughs> they're, they're <Weird>. right. <laughs> but um, For them, it all sort of blurs together, right? Mm-hmm. So they just get this general impression that the people on telly are untrustworthy. Um, and that's a pretty fair impression to make if you're watching the news for an hour a week. Yeah. So, um, a lot of them you know, aren't thinking of voting, you know, I mean, it's it's a local election, but I mean not voting how, how at all. How come our election has been called? Like, what's the context? Oh, of um, a, a Lib Dem councillor found a job six months after getting elected oh, and moved out of the community. Yeah, it is a shame. Um, but we've got a great candidate. I don't think we're here for that, though. <laughs> you can pitch away, if you want. Mahmood Rafiq is, he's just fantastic. He's a lovely man, gave uh-huh. me a lift to the station. Oh. I, I talked to an old lady on the doorstep and she didn't had no idea who I was talking about. I showed him the picture on the calling card mm-hmm. and she was like, I met that man eight months ago and he helped me um, like walk through a park when I was feeling oh. a bit dizzy. right?" Um, and he was just looking at the river. He was just enjoying nature because we're environmentalists at heart. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he's just a lovely man.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> from, back yeah? from, the, from the anecdotes of the yeah. third party by-election, um, towards what do you think the... So people are disillusioned with the Conservative Party right now. There's been a huge swing away from them, at least in your anecdotal experience in Kingston. Do you think this is recoverable for the Conservatives under Sunak?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, under Sunak, though. Under Sunak. Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Specifically in the
0: next two, three years? No. No. You're producing a white pipe. Yeah.
3: 1997? Um, Well, I mean, uh, I've... I've done I've done some analysis myself. Uh-huh. That's part of the things I do. And uh, some polls show the conservatives on thirty seats. Yeah. Um those polls aren't reputable though, ignore those. Um the best polling company is a company called Servation, and they have it a bit more mm. um generous, but they even they only have them on like eighty. Yeah. This is not this wow. is this isn't like, you know, Rishi Sunak comes out and says, You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna cut benefits now and everyone's gonna go, well, hey, back on the gravy train. That's yeah. that's not gonna happen, man. I
0: guess Counter kind of argument is that yeah. this is a complete nadir for the Conservatives. We're never gonna mm. get an election at the nadir. I was interviewing someone right. today and they said Turkey's are never gonna vote for Christmas. Like the Conservatives has no chance of them calling an election. Yeah. I, there's a fair argument that um, over the next two years he does regain some of the popularity. You know, people are fickle. Like they forgot mm. Johnson. I mean half the Conservative Party forgot what Johnson did in about six weeks with Trump. <laughs> Are people going to just turn around and vote blue in the
3: next election? I, I see what you mean. So the difference from 1997 is now we have a much more ingrained 24-hour news cycle, um, and that means that, like you said, people are going to slowly, <laughs> people are going to slowly um, sort of uh, forget events that happen like that. But the, the polling swing that would be required um, is nothing that has ever been seen in political history. One time, um, it's the worst polling for the Conservative Party since 1996. Yeah. The she is their least
0: popular and exactly, you know, which is quite the CV.
3: Amazing. And before that, it was their worst since. But this is this is perhaps in favour of your point. The worst since I believe 1982, one, one of those. Kind of um funny. yeah, but when that's when the SDP were on like fifty percent in the polls and the Conservatives were way down and the Falklands War happened. So, you know, if there's something big yeah. that goes on, um, then yeah, people might, you know, want stability, want someone who they've seen some ignorant. opportunity
0: for Sudak like, to be like a proper statesman, I guess, is the only thing. Yeah,
3: think. good for him. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Um, and you think in the even so, if you if this predicted wipeout does come to pass, do you think um li- Lib Dems have any chance of capitalising on that?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. So um. As you know, I am a Lib Dem, Mm -hmm. and therefore I think the electoral system doesn't work. Yes. But it works when the Conservatives are losing, because uh, almost all of our marginals are Conservative marginals. Mm -hmm. We have very few with Labour. So when the Conservatives are down, we can lose like half our vote and double the amount of seats we have, to the point where I think uh, Opinium did an analysis that we get 39 seats at the next election, and right now on 13-14. So yeah, no, we're we're loving it. I mean, we're not loving the country being absolute tatters but, but yeah but cynically cynically um, the Lib Dems having more seats is a good thing yeah yeah
0: I don't know what else there is really to ask you no, think sorry. um have any of you guys got any questions specifically Lib Dem related
4: why do you think the Lib Dems are a better alternative um, than Labour or the Greens
3: um Lib Dems are a better alternative well, okay let's there's two steps to that so with Labour um essentially the way this is how I sort of view all party politics we all have very similar goals which is to create sort of the best society we can you know we have possible Our, us and labor have a very similar society at the end but the way we get there is very different so for example we're more we're more a bottom up approach so more about more power to local government federalization even things like a universal basic income is sort of a signifier of that less of sort of a top down approach to organizing society to you know sort of optimal efficiency optimal equality we want people to have barriers removed from them so that they can succeed. And that would include things that Labour also cares about, you know, so like racial discrimination, um, discrimination of sexual orientation, all of that bad stuff. Um, but that's the difference, is that our philosophy to do it is just different. And at the same time, we've got a longer history of pro-environmentalism, We're the only party that w- wants to... Uh, say drop the number of nuclear weapons, for example. If you look at our manifestos, there's just a whole lot of things you can tick, being like, that's not there, that's not there, that's not there. And then with the Greens, I mean, have you ever read a Green Party manifesto? Um it's fairly radical, it's I would say. Radical is you know what, well, let's stick with that word. Um, <laughs> um the Greens are far more radical um than people even really notice. So um, I heard a story of someone that attended a Green Party meeting in the 1980s, which is when it was the Ecology Party. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when they were still talking about their ideas as um, communes and Soviets. Wow. Yeah. um, They want full-scale economic... It's
0: not the Green Party of today, though, to be fair.
3: Well, they um, in, the, in the latest manifesto, they want full-scale economic planning to achieve either zero or negative growth. Okay, so
0: the anti-growth coalition.
3: <laughs> they are, the th- yeah, that's the funny <laughs> thing. Well, but the thing is, they'd argue that um, growth isn't sustainable. Maybe levels of growth we've had now aren't sustainable, so that's a point. But their solution to that is to stop growth and um, for living standards to keep improving, to c- completely redistribute. Now, that might work in what you call like a closed system, but in an open system where companies can leave, yeah, that's not yeah. going to work.
0: I'm not an economist, I wouldn't...
3: Oh, neither am I, but, you know, you say it with enough confidence.
0: (laughs) Um, One last question, uh, just because I'm aware that we're not using your time. Um, Hmm. You have emphasised your differences with both Labour and the Greens, Hmm. but I presume you would still be in favour of some sort of implicit electoral pact at the next election, say... Okay, obviously at the moment the polls say that are going to be wiped out, but if it's no. him, say it was 20 points instead of 30 points, I presume you'd be in favour of some sort of nudge and a wink with the Labour Party as who competes well. I'm,
3: I'm in favour of Lib Dem policies becoming law in any way, really. Well, not in any way. There's some pretty big <laughs> pretty, pretty big uh, caveats on that. So yes, you'd be in favour. I'm in favour of Lib Dem policies becoming a real thing.
0: And you would go into coalition with Labour?
3: You didn't say coalition. You said. Would
0: you, would you go to? Would you go to
3: coalition? Uh, Well, I don't think I'm in charge of that. Would you? I, Um Would Was I Gabriel personally? Um, no, I think. Uh, uh, no, I think a bigger level of distance would be necessary. Plus, that wouldn't really destabilise the government because Labour would have other parties on the centre left they could talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going into a formalised coalition would just like in twenty ten make us appear as if we've just sort of been amalgamated. Supply so and confidence. Exactly. So, you know, I you know when I don't know if you've ever heard it, but when Lib Dems talk about uh things that we did during the coalition, no one really listens or pays attention because you know the it's good just... things
0: with the Tories and the bad things the Tories. Exactly.
3: I we don't want that to happen again. Okay. Yeah.
0: Sorry, you had one last question. That was exactly my question. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one
2: um mine was just how do you feel about the problem of like tactical voting because obviously if the conservatives are predicted to make such Mm. a massive loss the one thing that everyone kind of attributes to the fact that lib dems haven't maybe succeeded in getting into a a government of their own is because tactical voting makes you choose either conservative or labor and oh, i was right. wondering whether you think it will either be whether that would that the conservatives not doing so well this time round will prove well for lib dems or whether it will prove even better for labor because people will tactically vote labor to push the Tories out because they're so yeah. Widely like seen negatively. I was just wondering how you, as a member of the Lib Dems, feel Almost, yeah. about that.
0: Almost all the Lib Dem suffer from people going
3: too far and
2: going. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. So so historically, um, so historically, uh, when the Conservative vote goes down, um, even if our vote doesn't go up, our seats yeah. skyrocket. So for example, in 1997, I think we went from about 25 to like 44, and our oh. vote did not increase. Or at least I think it might have done by about half a percent, right. um, and that's partly due to tactical voting, and it's also just because people aren't voting Conservative anymore. Even if they're switching to Labour in that constituency, we still win. And even if they're not voting, which is actually a lot more common when that kind of thing happens, um, we still win. So yeah, no, it'll, it'll go well.
2: Yeah, no, I was just I was just wondering because that's obviously the main thing, isn't
3: it? So, yeah, sure. I mean, and also you know we we're the party that's strongest for electoral form as well, mm-hmm. so. If there was a system where that didn't have to happen, that would be great.
0: Well, one last question. I've just thought of off the yeah. hoof. But I'm going to ask all three of you prediction for general election 2024. Prediction for the outcome.
3: Can you ask them first, because I'm going to do some maths I'm in my head. The first on the, the first oh, on the okay. Um, okay, Labour majority of eighty. Eighty. Okay. Perfect.
1: Lib
0: Dems winning a monumental.
3: Uh, Lib Dems winning between thirty and forty seats.
0: Would you be happy with that?
3: Yeah. Mate, a couple of years ago, we looked like dead in the water. Now <laughs> now, we're, now we're back here. The Lib Dem
0: resurgence is on. Uh, yep. Gabriel, thank you very much for your
3: time. You're welcome.
0: And welcome, Paul, who's a member of King's Labour Party.
3: Hello. Thank yeah. you for coming. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Um, we know Paul from the debate, which uh, we were lucky enough to attend. Um, Paul is one of the Labour members and uh, putting up. A-
5: Good performance how did that go for you um no i mean i think it went all right i think we had a very good team and that um i mean it helped that lewis and i had prepared quite a long beforehand and we get along very well so i mean yeah i think it went pretty well
1: yeah
0: right. yeah well um we invited you on today well we invited you on when we had a different prime minister but it <laughs> was changed yeah. um and we'd just like you to know the podcast was originally planned to be about the future of the conservative party and that future looks a little bit more determined now which means that hopefully the podcast will date a bit better but um we'd like to know what you think of the Labour Party's position, Keir Starmer's leadership first
5: and foremost? Um, so, like, kind of generally? or like, Yeah, generally, I mean,
0: where the Labour Party are now, are you happy with it?
5: Um, well, personally, in the, so, personally I, mean, yeah. I think it's in a... I mean, I I, I like Keir Starmer's politics. Um, I think that he's kind of... And I, I think he's relatively in tune with uh, where the country's at. Um, what I think he's struggling with a little bit is that... And I, I think that it'd be nice if he kind of went out and said this more is... Um, so, I mean, he's got like lots of really big ideas about kind of like, you know, what he wants to see about the green economy, etc. And it's really nice uh, and it sounds really good, but it's also basically going to be unachievable in like the the, the near future because, I mean, like yeah, everything's going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so and frankly, the responses Labour have given to like, I mean, what are they are going to do like right now? Uh, not that strong in my view. Um, I, I think we should be talking a bit more about taxation. Um, as it stands, like is still committed to uh, keeping the national insurance uh, rise down and also to cutting income tax. Not sure how that's going to be possible at the moment. So, that's the kind of stuff that I think that Labour should be focusing more on and develop their ideas a little bit more on. But I mean, aside from the kind of the broad emphasis and the broad ideas and the kind of uh, going fully into the green economy stuff, I
0: really like that. Yeah. And you couldn't be more happy with polling results, right?
5: I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks good for us. Yeah, where are you now?
0: Like 30 points? Yeah,
5: I think so. I mean, like there was polls that came near 40%. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. But right. that's going to go down, to be honest. But yeah, that's of not course. they yeah. are then a deer
0: at the moment and they'll obviously come um, You are involved quite a lot in your local Labour Party, right? And yeah tell us a bit more about that and
5: where you've stood in the past um so i i was a council candidate earlier this year so i mean my background's a bit weird because i came from brussels uh so i only joined the labour party quite late just because uh i didn't have a british bank account so you can't join a party if you don't have one mm-hmm. um so when i finally joined i well i mean like i Pretty quickly, actually, I was just pretty heavily involved, just going canvassing a lot. I went canvassing a lot in the West End, uh, just because it was near mine, and then I made friends with those guys, and they helped me uh, get the council candidate role. And then I stood in St James, which is actually the constituency of the Strand Camps is in, so Hi. that's cool. Um, also Downing Street, which is quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and well, I mean, I, I lost that because I mean, it's a war I mean, like it's a, it's an unwinnable, very strongly Tory ward. But I mean, actually, the results are pretty good. And well, uh, how old are yeah, you? I'm nineteen,
0: and already standing. In, uh, in <laughs> well, <convassing>. it's, yeah, <laughs> it's very. I presume that the, the mood in your party meetings is very positive as oh, much yeah. at the state of the Conservative Party
5: I mean so if you want us uh, <laughs> the thing is there's a uh like the the all the the constituency Labour Party meetings are a bit uh like the, it's a very weird constituency but mm-hmm. certainly the kind of what's the name of the constituency um so the the constituency is the cities of London and Westminster cool. and uh so there's like There's a difference between that and also like Westminster Labour more broadly, which includes parts of Westminster North, and that's where like the count, that's the council, and Westminster North is like a strong Labour seat, and uh, I mean it's been Labour since ninety seven, and that's like that's that. It's got but um, cities of London or two cities is really, it's a very fractious, um, it's a bit of a fractious CLP. I mean. Like I get along with basically everybody there, but I mean it's true that there's like there are people who do who don't get along and I mean the atmosphere is a bit weird. But um in in general though, people were very happy with the results on the election day.
0: No, what's the perception of the Conservative Party? Do you, are you I guess optimistic or are you I wouldn't say complacent? Though. Do you assume that it's gonna stay on this way or is there a sense of realism? Like I think Kirstar was trying to get across more that actually act like you're only three points ahead oh yeah tomorrow it could oh well, yeah
5: i mean like i mean there are two like I'm um, objectively speaking what like the the conservatives don't have to call an election for another two years i mean they
0: probably won't. yeah
5: they probably won't and i mean you know fair enough to be honest i mean if i had that majority i mean i wouldn't give it up like that um so no i mean in practice the polls will definitely go down at some point kia will definitely come up with problems um rishi's not an idiot so i mean he shouldn't be Completely screwing up the economy so badly that the Tories will be leading by, well, sorry, the Labour will be leading by 30% in, in, in two years. Uh, so, no, we definitely shouldn't be complacent. And I mean, yeah, we might still lose this, like, honestly. Yeah, you think? Oh, um, I mean, ah, look, it, it looks unlikely now, but genuinely, like, a lot can happen in two years. Um, like, I don't know, obviously, like, I mean, I think about like French politics, things can, ch- about how quickly things can change in two years. I mean, two years ago, actually, no, to be honest, If you look, one you look two years ago, like in 2020, people were thinking that the Labour Party was never going to win again. And I mean, like now we're we're 30 points ahead. So I mean, like this stuff changes way too quickly for anybody to do. And I was going to ask
0: at the end, but you kind of segued yourself into it for 2024. If You had to make a prediction now, which you do. What would you suggest? Uh, We're gonna look back at
5: this in two years. I really don't like making predictions, to be honest, because I think that it's always this kind of thing where, like, people kind of rationalise it ex post if they get it wrong, mm-hmm. and they're just like, oh, actually, I did see it coming, but I mean, I got it wrong because of this." Um, so no, I don't. I, I really don't know. I. It looks like a small Labour... Mo- for me, I, I feel like a small Labour majority. I think we can hope for that. I think at least a small Labour majority seems fair a enough. To see yeah, yeah, well, I mean, right. I mean, if you look at the polling right now, we're getting like 500 seats, but that's of not Of course, happening. I'm yeah. not
0: suggesting you'd be triumphalist about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: But yeah. no, I mean, like, right now it does look like a major- Labour majority, yeah.
0: So Sunak's been, just today actually, has been appointed as Conservative leader. Mm. What do you think? Like, are you... The last three was kind of Johnson more than Sunak. Are you happy with the choice that Conservative, but like in terms of pure cynical political choice, who would you, would you, Sunak?
5: Oh, cynical political choice. Yes. Um, I think Boris would have been a better candidate for Labour. Yeah. Um, I think that he was, I think that he's going to come up because I mean, like, frankly, there's a good chance that he's going to be like kicked out of the House of Commons uh, in the next few months. I mean, like the fact, like having another conservative leader resign within like three months of being elected again—that that's, I mean, that's that's beyond comprehension. I'm not sure how they will ever recover from that. Yeah. Um, so, bad optics. <laughs> Yeah, it's not great. Um, so I think Boris would have, and I mean, even if even if he doesn't get banned, uh, which is to be honest, it, it's also relatively likely. Um, but even if he doesn't, like, I mean, he would still be spending a good chunk of this winter, like, in hearings about this in the, um, the Privileges Committee, I think. That's yeah. It, but yeah. Um, so yeah, he's he's be spending most of his winter doing that, and I mean, it is a cost of living crisis that can't look good. So I think purely cynically, and uh, you know, from Labour's perspective, I think Johnson. Probably could have, like, I mean, I think it was. A good, it would have looked good for us, to be yeah. honest, for the country starmers. Sorry?
0: But for the country, Starmer... Uh, oh, sorry. But for the country, Sunak is the right Oh, case. I mean, I think so, yeah. Well, I'm sure you think Starmer is well, yeah, the right choice. Well, yeah, 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 of course. But, uh, but <laughs> yeah. Sunak offers three. Yeah,
5: I, I'd say so. I mean, to be fair, I don't know what Morden's politics actually are, which is, to be fair, I think that's kind of the big thing with Morden, is that she's kind of like, oh, what, what does she actually stand for or believe in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but
0: yeah, but yeah, that's what I... To be fair, I was saying to someone the other day that um, normally that's a terrible thing going into leadership election, but I wondered if the Conservatives might opt for her, mm. just because being a blank slate at the point of this point is a good thing because anything not in the record but it's kind of it doesn't matter it's yeah it's i mean it doesn't
5: matter right. now it's done but i mean i think well i mean it's also i think like right now i think especially if you look at like the financial markets and everything they seem to be really banking on like someone stable and they sure just choice and everybody knew that they were that everyone like these guys were in favor of rishi um i think it probably it wouldn't really have helped if we had another like unknown quantity there that we wouldn't really have been able to place yeah um and i mean she's also relatively unpopular with certain elements of the conservative party in a way that i'm not sure Rishi is yeah so he's my... Unite the Conservatives? Increase mm. their polling? Yeah, I mean, definitely increase their polling. polling yeah, because uh, I just don't think that he's as... I mean, he's definitely a better communicator than this trusses. Um, But, I mean, he's he's going to struggle. I think that a lot of the, the divisions in the Conservative Party are probably going to last and are probably more structural than anything else. Um, he's not going to fix that, I think, uh, in the next two years.
0: And um, he's received a lot of praise from most courses generally, over the last... But where are the weaknesses that you think the Labour Party should really be pointing out? Is it his track record? Is it his delivery? Is it his background i guess some people would say
4: well
5: i mean to be honest just the thing is we, we all love to like i mean what he's very successfully done is kind of present himself as a whole like oh yeah he's replacing johnson he's bringing integrity back to the conservative party the guy was in the government for like two years he knew everything that was going on he was there at some of the parties he's also been fined like i mean at some point this is he's got well basically yeah, anything an like as well, right? yeah exactly i mean the stuff that you can say about johnson you can basically say all of them well no not i wouldn't no i wouldn't actually go that far no no maybe not all of them but to be fair like i mean he's uh, yeah I he's implicated i'm not sure he can get out of it that quickly i mean i think yeah a lot of what you can say about um uh, the kind of the lack of leadership under johnson i, I think he kind of enabled uh, the misleading parliament that happened under johnson again he was the chancellor um he was the main guy that johnson sent out whenever he needed someone to do interviews for him like he's kind of he's he was he's definitely implicated in basically yeah he was yeah um so
0: and uh just finally is probably the last thing i'm going to ask you if you could if you were in charge of Labour's marketeering for the next um two years what three words would you try and hammer into the conservative reputation what how would you try and define your opposition before the next election um just three words well
5: incompetent incompetent um uh dividers isn't a good one and probably just I think nasty is the nice and the nice one that always kind of it always it rings quite well with the conservatives especially like with what they're going to have to do now. I
0: think. Incompetent, nasty, divided one. Mm-hmm. Labour have got fair chance there. If you <laughs> manage to message that, yeah. Do any of the you three have a
1: question? Uh, I've got one now. There is a forty billion pound hole in in our budget. We have serious economic constraints. Labour has many good policies. I think we could consider them to be uh, positive, but where how do they differentiate themselves from the conservatives given the reality the economic reality
5: yeah i mean this is like this is what we're saying at the start i think it's where Labour's, frankly i think they're struggling a bit and i think it's because the, the, the thing is labor's there's always a dilemma with labor i think which is that they need to on one hand they don't want to be portrayed as the party of tax and spend uh which is like always a vote loser but on the other hand um they also want to do more public spending right um so I don't know the 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 fundamental i'm not really sure what's the way out of that politically i definitely agree with you that there needs to be like more thought i i personally think that there should be considering stuff like wealth taxes and that they should start like committing to those things um i think that and that there'd be a way out of um the that you were suggesting but i mean it's true that uh like i mean right now it's true that rachel Reeves has gone on and said like oh yeah like we really care about fiscal discipline and you're kind of like okay but what are you gonna do uh and i don't really know to be honest
0: I did actually just thinking about what um, Gabriel was talking to us about just before Lib Dem. um, He talks about what differentiates the Lib Dems from Labour in a positive sense, what differentiates Labour from why why should a a dissatisfied Conservative voter switch all the way from Tories to Labour and not stop somewhere along the line of the Lib Dems.
5: Um, Why? Well, to be honest, I think, so the Lib Dems try to portray themselves as a kind of -of middle-of-the-road option. Um, I think in practice there tends to be kind of a they kind of try to do like what's, like so i mean they they'll argue that they try to do what like what's good about both um i think in practice they just either end up doing one or the other in practice so i mean like you know and i if i think i brush i think i brought this up in the debate at some point but i mean it's it's very like you'll get pretty wild shifts so like i mean in 2010 they backed quite a lot of like um you know they they were like definitely on a very on a pretty strong austerity uh footing but they were also thinking about more spending on the nhs and i mean like that's not. That doesn't make sense. Like at some point, like I mean, it's just you. You're gonna have these difficult choices to make. And mm-hmm. I think if you want to do more public spending, you're gonna have to want to like you're gonna have to want to increase taxes. Mm-hmm. And I think that in, in general, the Lib Dems don't like doing that, and that that's where they consider themselves to be kind of different from the Tories. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. You have to track yeah, and
0: yeah. um, and just finally, last question: If there's else um, would you go into coalition with the Lib, the Lib Dems or the SNP at the next election? If Paul Spence was the leader
5: of the Labour Party. SMP, no. Um, just, I mean, like, politically, uh, the optics would be awful. Uh, also, I mean, like, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's and a the bit, real consequences. Yeah, and the real consequences. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very real chance we'd break up the UK. Um, Lib Dems, I mean, again, I think in general, uh, the idea of a coalition probably doesn't sound great in the UK. Uh, so it's not something that you should. I, I think that Keir Starmer's been, like, it's a, good, it's a good thing that he hasn't gone out and said, like, yeah, I'd be prepared to do this just because. You know like i don't think it's a good idea um but i mean like uh yeah I'd definitely consider it like i mean you know i mean i mean certainly especially like the Lib Dems as it stands now like they, they agree with labor
0: on virtually everything um yeah yeah thank you very much yeah that's all uh paul thank you for coming on uh for your time unfortunately as i mentioned before isaac fairbank who was meant to come up as our Conservative representative has been taken ill and we wish Isaac all the best in his recovery. Um, He wasn't able to attend today, but he's very kindly answered some questions, which I sent him. So um, before we start our group discussion with our lovely staff writers, I would like to just read out my questions and his answers to those. So first I asked him why Rishi Sunak was the right choice for prime minister. And his answer was that fundamentally, Sunak was the only candidate who commanded a credible majority of Tory MPs from all wings of the party the party spent months talking to ourselves and indulging in psychodrama So, having a leader who can stand a fighting chance of uniting the party and delivering stable government is essential both for the country and for the conservatives my second question was do the conservatives have a chance at the next general election he said it's certainly going to be an uphill struggle but look the party is one of the most electorally successful in the world if we continue to properly resolve the many issues facing the country unite and don't retreat into decline management we can win the next election. Whilst on the subject, many Conservatives feel a period in opposition may actually benefit the party over the long term. Finally, I asked him, has the party damaged their reputation for stability and economic credibility beyond all repair? He told me that, no, it's always recoverable. After the 1980s, recessions and Black Wednesday, Brexit and the like, the party has always bounced back. Certainly, it's been damaged significantly. And I think this is just just as much about abandoning the mini budget policies as it was of the policies themselves. If we'd stuck to the tax cuts and made spending cuts, we would have delivered higher growth in the medium term and been credited for this. Just as Thatcher's policies were unpopular but worked, so could Trusses had she funded the tax cuts through spending cuts. We are in the place we find ourselves today, however, and so the task is to restore stability and certainly the economy, which I'm confident which we will be achieved. Whether that's sufficient to restore our reputation as not just competent custodians of the economy, but also as a party that can deliver a stronger economy remains to be seen. We'd like to thank Isaac for these answers and once again, wish him get well soon. Hello, uh, Daisy, Fred and Ben. Uh, we're all sitting around the mic now ready to discuss what the three of you uh, just heard from each of our party representatives. Um, I, first and foremost for all of you, I just like your impressions on Rishi Sunak, the man, the politician, the father, the rich businessman, the, uh, the banker, Daisy, first, what what do you think about him?
2: Um, I don't know. I think out of the potential candidates, obviously, I think Boris Johnson would have been out on, at the least uh, undemocratic. Um, I feel like Morden, you don't really know much so about So least, un- What
0: do you mean the least, un- least
2: undemocratic?
0: The, the most democratic choice?
2: No, the most undemocratic choice. Oh, OK. Uh, because
0: he just was deposed and reinstated. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, and. Morden I'm not really sure I mean you don't really know much about her policies on one half you would argue oh, that's a good fresh start I think both Rishi and Boris have the downside of being attributed with um, the Partygate scandal and all of that kind of thing that happened back in the summer um, but as for the country I mean facing the economic problems that we're facing right now I think Rishi was probably the most sensible choice just party politics aside country interest at heart i think he's probably the best three options fred
4: yeah i'd say it's it's kind of striking like how little we know about sunak's recent opinions because since he lost the leadership election he's been completely silent on everything mm-hmm. right um he never three said uh, in six, tra- weeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> six weeks Yeah, six weeks he never he's twitter feed's dead nothing he stayed away from the conference um so we don't really know what his um approach to the current situation is in detail um as would as we would have known if he had set out a leadership campaign for a second time but i think we kind of have to go off our perceptions of him and what he said in the last leadership election which is that he's going to be someone who's not scared to make hard decisions um that's going to um said that too though (laughs) (laughs) no make he's not going to go in a too ideological direction and if he is going to make ideological choices he'll make them with more responsibility and when the economy's stabilised a lot more. I think he's um, been shown to be pragmatic with
0: obviously he's the, he's the Covid Chancellor right? He's the, exactly. Um, he's the free, what was it, free meals? What
4: was that scheme?
2: Oh, e- the 50% eat d- off? Eat out to help. Yeah, eat out, out. out yeah. to help. That was a great policy yeah, yeah, to be fair. <laughs>
1: <Yeah. laughs> very popular. But
4: I think the, the, um, he, he, is ve- he has been very easily pushed when he was Chancellor too. So um, is he just going to try to sway and keep public opinion on his side? Um, or is he going to sort of like ruthlessly go
1: through a, an austerity period i think it's that's a hard thing to, to know yeah
0: interesting good question uh, ben
1: yeah i think the first thing we should all say and <clears throat> sort of regardless of political viewpoints i think it is, it is a great achievement it's something we should be proud of as, as a country that we have our first south asian prime minister our, our first prime minister of, of color and i think that is, I'm I'm, a firm believer in affirmative action, and I think it's great that a lot of people will be able to see him as a role model and see someone who does look like them in, in that kind of position of power. I think, you know, of all the candidates that were available, Sonak is the, yeah, safest pair of hands. I think he's going to be the most consistent. Um, the pound has, has gone up to $1.15 now already. Um, so the, the market... it was as
0: soon as Johnson announced he wasn't running, that yeah. was a <laughs> which,
1: which is it's quite tells you a lot. Yeah, that's um, yeah, quite a, a damning indictment of Johnson there. Um, so yeah, I think this is going to be. I think it's going to still be tough times for people, but uh, I think Sunak was the, the best one for the country and probably the best one for the Conservative Party.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, yeah, Suella Braverman has been appointed as um, Home Secretary. This is a
0: live news update. Yeah. <laughs> Fred six has told us that Suella is six six home, home sec?
4: Home sec after six days after being sacked for security breach from Paul Brand. Last last day. Oh, day. that's is true. The that, context yeah. of which, well, it was pretty unclear yeah, whether she... Yeah. How much it was a technicality she... and how much yeah. it was a policy issue. So some people said it was something that people did quite often. But if it if but it really was a, a security breach and she's back
0: six days later, that, so that's pretty upmarket. That. There's going to be questions about that, I think. But um, she did endorse Sunak and kind of won him some of the right for the party. So
4: yeah, And he may need her uh, to sort of keep them on board. Yeah, Keep something that isn't sort of... I mean, it's hard to see whether where where the, um, his, his focus is going to be on keeping a, a strong economy and trying to not, not, not lose, lose out there. But I think maybe keeping someone who's a bit... Um, has a radical um, sort of sense of immigration policy and yeah. isn't afraid to sort of do some really extreme policies. That's, that's the thing. If, if she's can... Home
0: Secretary, the Rwanda plans
4: back on with more gusto
0: than ever. Yeah. She said it was her dream to deport <laughs> refuge. I don't know, like for no judgment, I think that it's like not from a position of judgment now, but I think that it is politically very likely that that plan is going to receive a renewed emphasis after Pretty Patel kind of, kind of got slightly dropped. She's, this is her thing, right, Ben? Yeah,
1: to add to that as well, we've seen uh, Dominic Raab is back with the justice brief. And of course, last time he was in that position, he was trying to get rid of the Human Rights Act and mm-hmm. replace it with that so-called British Bill of Rights. Of course, that was the only thing that was stopping the Rwanda plan the first mm-hmm. time around. Yeah. So maybe we could see uh,
2: um, a another one. Push Grant Shapps is the new Business Secretary, uh, replacing Jacob Rees-Mogg, who resigned earlier today. Well, um, Rees-Mogg
0: was—he looked like he was on his way out as soon as he backed yeah. Johnson so much. But yeah. that's the problem. But yeah. Bo- Boris or bust. so yeah. Boris yeah. <laughs> Jacob Rees-Mogg <laughs> bust. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you think about Keir Starmer and the Labour Party then? In complete contrast, we've had such a period of redefinition from the Conservatives and Starmer's just still there doing his thing. But I think the perception around him has changed. Fred, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I, I think um, it was a sort of notable that it wasn't just trust going down and it seemed to be that he was going up. And also that if Corbyn were there, I feel like the Conservative Party would have been very... They they wouldn't have wanted to disunite and they would have been far more um, open to like making policy changes and backing someone who wasn't the best candidate and uniting behind someone if the opposition was a a fairly strong socialist instead of like a social democrat or like a more centrist. There's no clear
0: enemy to unite against.
4: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But...
2: Um, No, I would just say I think Keir Starmer is a good figurehead for Labour if they're going over because obviously the next election isn't guaranteed until 2024. It's unlikely that the Tories are going to hold one. so I think for the next two years coming, I think Keir Starmer is a good symbol for the Labour Party in their opposition of the Conservatives because he is stronger than Corbyn was in public opinion and in a well in a lot of fields I would argue. But I think he's he's a li- little bit more centre for a lot of the Tory voters who are potentially not willing to vote Tory but were more centre. He's an appealing candidate to switch. To to. Say he's far more electable than Corbyn. Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean oh, as, as a Labour member. Yeah, <laughs> got, yeah. I share these feelings and looking back at what Paul just said, um, as well, there's what I think I'm gonna call this sort of nineteen ninety two syndrome in that the Labour Party looked very apprehensive about being confident about this. I think, you know, there was what, thirty point lead or something, yeah. and Paul would still would not say if they were gonna win. Um, I think that Sunak is the biggest threat that the Conservatives could have could, could have put forward. If anyone can brand what he's gonna to have to do, which is austerity, the best that that, that will be uh, Rishi, I think. Labour seemed to be controlling the agenda a bit the past six months, which was what you have to do in opposition. You have to control the agenda, you have to uh, be the agenda. And uh, the policies did were, were coming from them. And I think they need to now continue that and continue to push.
0: I, I would say just from, from me, I think that Starmer was quite a potent antidote to what Johnson was, which is Johnson was yeah. a little bit of everything. He was bluster and bluff, I think more than anything. Um, that period's gone. Starmer is a details man he's former uh former barrister former what was director, of, yeah, director yeah. of public prosecutions he's a legalist at heart i mean your legalist credentials your detailed credentials are far more important against a man that's i think he lied in when he was a journalist and all sorts so he's a man of no sort of attention to detail whereas sunak has the background in this he was a former banker whatever you think of that profession he's can't be labelled in his public appearances he is someone that has paid attention to detail and i was listening to something just this morning about apparently when he was in the chancellor uh, role he was such a big data head he would get um, information from all different sources and try to reformulate his policies yes pragmatically as we've suggested, but with an eye to detail with an eye to comparison against other countries with an eye to where he's been in the past so i do think that we are definitely going to it's not a a bold prediction to say we're going to see convergence in the polling because there's no way that they can stay this far apart at the moment but i do think that as a leader sunak is sunak is more or less starmer but with the eye of the public on him because he's he's in number 10 right daisy
2: sorry i was just gonna say i think that um yeah sunak is an incredibly strong person to go up after the reputation or after the last six months that the tories have had he's a very good choice to go in as prime minister tactically for them but I would say for Starmer, who has previously, you know, it's been relatively easy for him to pick Boris apart because he was such a character, right? I would argue that potentially the choice of Braverman is an interesting one because she doesn't have the reputation, I would say, that Rishi does of being that strong, like, background of knowledge, very analytical Um her behavior perhaps in the comments has kind of proved that she is slightly so maybe he's more adhering yeah. to the she's right of yeah slightly yeah. she's slightly more of a <coughs> of a character type again so it might be easier for Keir not to destabilize Starmer no destabilize Sunak himself but maybe to pick apart his cabinet I mean obviously we're about halfway through the reshuffle but it'll be interesting to see how we're mid reshuffle yeah (laughs) so there might be more coming in
0: from Fred
1: who's checking the news as we go but Ben Uh, yeah I would say that you know this is a this is a cabinet system and many people do vote off of the party leaders but I think the quality of cabinets is something that will be Considered, and I think that Yvette Cooper against Swella Braverman is one of the biggest mismatches out mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. and then um, she gets outclassed week in week out, really. So, I think that Labour can still put forward that more professional, and as long as they stay on, on top of their brief, they're going to be pushed more now. Uh, they certainly are, but I think they, they still need to continue to offer that different approach and stay on top of that brief. I
0: do wonder, though, if the Braverman issue is going to get that much airtime compared to, I mean everything's dominated by number 10 Fred. i
4: just want to say that um coming up is like um so when when in the brief period of time that um the trust within government she put forward the, um, the plan to scrap all eu law by the end of 2023 that bill's still still present it's still the second reading i think is due next week um and jacob v smog is a big fan i think the erg are like um, huge fans of this bill and it doesn't seem the best bill if you're looking it's for sovereignty
0: fred it's
1: important <laughs>
4: <laughs> doesn't seem... it gives massive executive power doesn't seem like the best thing for economic stability and credibility so does he have to win them over by putting braverman in the cabinet and being able to say yeah we'll stick to eu standards um
1: maybe maybe that's a thing yeah. of saying
0: ben you were shaking your head sorry uh is sunak not the stability candidate where could he be I,
1: on one this? thing that i would i would say is that rishi because of the way that politics has shifted to the right considerably with the trust for versus sunak debate these two are, are they were both candidates who were uh, supported brexit well Trust didn't but she does now and I think that we we believe that Richard Sunak was towards the left of the Conservative Party I don't think there is a left of the, of the Conservative Party anymore and so I think that Sunak is is further to the right than what is being perceived and so I, I don't believe he's going to be this sort of compromised centrist figure that maybe Starmer's like I think, I think maybe just would... the contrast
0: with Trust was
1: yes yeah yeah that's because Trust was pandering so far to the right Daisy
2: I was just gonna say yeah potentially he feels more left-wing because the comparison is so right-wing like the reason why I mean obviously this is across the other side of the pond but people say that in America there is no left-wing candidate it's just that your centre-right candidate feels left-wing because Trump was so right-wing it's a similar kind of thing can you have a centre-left conservative when a majority in the last six months of their like policies and their uh, ministers have been so far right you know not far right but further along the spectrum. Yeah, that's yeah, not far right.
4: Now. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say that I think that the difference is that like Sunak is grounded in truth and facts, yeah. whereas Truss isn't. So th- e- economically, if they were both given a, a good economy, I think they would take very similar decisions in terms of how to grow that yeah. economy <laughs> and what they would do. But I think no Sunak... Tax, no public spending. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sunak looks at facts and like actually... He's a pragmatist. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, but he's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's more he believes in the truth, you know, yeah. whereas I think Truss believes in fantasy to an extent, you know, mm. that she can see a, a reality before her. And sort of take plans that are so like far from what is needed at that time. Whereas I think Sunak would want to do that, but it just knows that he has to take certain steps to do that. So they're not m- more or less right wing; it's just more or less credible to an extent. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, uh, I just want to say, do you guys just as the last sort of point before we end up because we've been going for quite a while with the other interviews as well? Do you see a path back for the Conservatives before the next election?
1: Then? I think they'll close. I think it's, yeah, it's inevitable that they're going to close the gap. But I think they still have to do some very they've got some very difficult choices to make, uh, on the economy and a, and it will put a lot of pain on a lot of people and I think they'll they will still be blamed for that.
0: Twelve years, fourteen years by then end parliament, Fred, re Um I'd
1: say
4: I'd say not. I'd say hung Parliament maybe. Yeah, well um, okay,
0: predictions perfect. Fred, yeah, hung
4: Parliament. Hung hung Parliament, yeah. Daisy.
2: I would say maybe a slim Labour majority. Um rather than a hung parliament potentially a hung parliament but i'm i want to say slim labor majority in that sense i think they will recover quite a bit over the next two years because rishi sunak is quite a sensible economist but also already no matter what choices rishi sunak makes it's not going to stop the positive living crisis this winter Uh, that is an inevitable fact of life that's going to happen and no matter what decisions he makes it's going to reflect badly on a prime minister people will automatically associate their hardship that they experience with the the government yeah Yeah. exactly so he's it's not really stacked up in his favor i would say at current so i would say you know he's still going to have negative reflections. It's easy for us to look at it now and be like, well, he could have this amazing two years and completely close the gap and potentially get re-elected. But I think the facts of the matter are he's got at least six months of slightly negative um, outlook from the public.
0: I do you think our experience, especially we're all fairly young, there's the same as what Ben mentioned earlier: is that our experience has been the Conservatives just keep winning and Labour mm. do not want to rejoice at this to any extent because they've been hit back so many times and. Yeah, fourteen years. Ben, prediction finally.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, probably Labour majority of around twenty five. I think small. Uh, what I'd be really, inter- really interested to see is if Sunak keeps the the leadership and if he's leader of the opposition. If he
0: loses by just twenty five.
1: Yeah, I think that would. That, that would be a good job, twenty five. Yeah, I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's
0: damaged. Good job, good job for Sunak. If it's I, I, I think yeah.
4: Sunak, if he gets, I think he will do a, a good job in 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 terms of like where he's at and where he's going to get to. I think he'll be able to do, yeah. like, go from. What is it? Twenty, twenty-five. Now it's potentially thirty-three, 30, thirty-five. So you're predicting
0: um, Sunak to run in twenty twenty-nine for the Conservatives. I'm,
1: uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> quite it's a long, When he's <laughs> very young. I think his main focus right now is damage limitation, yeah. and yeah. I think if yeah. he can prove that he's achieved that, maybe it would it might. be
4: unfair for him to do get yeah. such a um, raise. Well, yeah. you know, it's not about fairness. Yeah. The it's, the it's not about fairness. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I think. I think as well.
2: When when you do get to the twenty twenty-four election, you have to remember people. Will probably have forgotten about everything that's happened, but Labour's not going to let it lie. Like, just trust <laughs> when it gets to the campaigning, I think they won't just Labour won't just focus on the fact on what's happened six months prior to that mm. election date. They will also focus on everything that's happened in the last fourteen years, namely how everything that's happened in the last year or so. so.
0: Perfect. Well, thanks to the three of you.
2: Uh, thanks to the team that's helped put this together. And um, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast.